Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This time, uh, shit. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? Shit, forty. One cut takes, baby. And Ham. Yeah, I'm here. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, uh, Eels twenty six, Broncos twelve. Let's run through those stats quickly. Try score is a double to Blake Ferguson, or at least ha- that was how it was said at the end of the game. By it the should, it should have been a double. Guffer did him dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <coughs> sorry, make a Sevo for one. Clint Gutherson for a double. Jai Field for one as well. Mitch Moses, three from five off the boot. And let's have a look at those team stats. Uh, we dominated possession 60 to 40, 33 minutes to 22 minutes in possession. Completion rate at 86% in that torrential rain at times um, is fantastic. Yeah, real solid. Control. And Broncos weren't too bad, just a touch under 80% at 79%. Uh, all runs, we won that. We won by 600 metres, won the post-contact, six line breaks to three, uh, 28 tackle breaks to 14, average test distance was an extra 10 metres, 3.69 seconds to 3.37 seconds. That's, that that is the secret to success, just be well slower on the play the balls consistently across the year. It's been our metric. And even with that wet weather, 12 offloads to the Broncos, five, uh, all kicks 24 to 21, and kick metres 563 to 536, kick defusal 50% to 56%. There must have been a lot of drop bombs in the back end, because I thought for the most part, especially in that first half, uh, both teams were fantastic under the high ball, given the conditions. I wonder if I counted Sevo's drop as a drop in those stats, whether it was a penalty for the offside, because so, I can't remember that many yeah, drops. Yeah, well, it's not properly diffused, is it, really? Yeah. Uh, effective tackle percentage, 94.4%. I think that's the highest I've seen this season. That's really solid, yeah. Uh, 14 missed tackles, 6 ineffective, and 8 errors to 12. 6 penalties conceded to the Broncos, 3. We'll talk about one of those penalties shortly. Uh, 2 ruck infringements to the Broncos, 7. Uh, 1 on report, again. We'll talk is that, about reading that stat, is that the Broncos got 7-6 against or they gave away 7-6 against? Gave away. Gave away. Okay. Yep. And one of them came after. I'll, I'll explain it later. But go on. Okay, Bertie, the good. What do you want to say? Just got the job done, and I thought we weren't back to our best, but we're on the right path. Just completing our, you know, our forwards running hard, and I thought it was a masterstroke. We, we, I usually blast on the blast. I usually complain about Brad Arthur's tactics, but to have Lane and Junior on the bench, you know, I thought it was brilliant. And I don't know, Kane Evers must have got a rocket up the ass this week because he he looked good. He looked. He, he thought about the stupid offload a couple of times, but he mm. put it away. Yeah, so maybe like I just I thought look it wasn't our best. It wasn't back to our when we during that tough stretch where we were literally smashing teams. But the signs of improvement and signs of getting back to there is there, and you know it just seems like we're a bit nervous the first twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And like just like the Broncos each year, not all games this year, they're up for the first twenty minutes until the first you know drop error or the first penalty. And yeah, I just thought two great passes from Moses. Oh no, sorry, one great pass from Moses. Did he set up Fergo's try? Was that Guffo? Oh, he was, that was Guffo. Guffo passed between two people to Fergo. But um, thought, Moses yeah. Moses fired the cutout to Micah on the other side of the field. Yeah, two great passes. And it's funny, like, as the rain hit, we, we completed better. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think one of the one of the um, commentators said someone should get the hose out at half time <laughs> to um, increase our um, uh, error rates sort of thing. But, yeah, I thought it was a great game. A great step in the right direction after the shit, the shit fight we had the week before. Ham or 40? Who wants to go next? And, I'll go for it. Okay, me? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Bertie. We'll definitely rattle us in the first quarter of play, that first 20 minutes. I think Mitch was guilty of trying to force his hand. There was that big cutout pass to Fergo that was a Benji and Marshall-style uh, cutout ball into the, the bleachers. And then there was a number of uh, kicks in the red zone that just did not find the mark, both short and bomb, like on the ground and on, in the air. Um, there was a couple of seven-tackle sets as a result. And yeah, we sort of just weren't, weren't that composed. And then all of a sudden... 
20 minutes in, we sort of slotted into, I wouldn't say we're at top gear by any means, but um, like Bertie said, the signs were far more encouraging. We went on to roll up our sleeves. I think Reed Marnie made a great line break up the middle, and uh, we finished off really nicely to Michael Seva down the left. Um, Guffo scored. I mean, the try Guffo scored from that scrum was just embarrassing. That was not even training run stuff right there. The Broncos just didn't. It was man-to-man from a scrum, and Guffo just ran the ball. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it, it's it's like what the Rabbitohs seem to do to us on scrum. <laughs> <laughs> just, we, we stopped counting. He's like, yeah, I got him. No, I got him. No, okay, he's over. But yeah, Guffo did bum Blake a little bit dirty in that one there because he could have passed and got Blake over untouched, but um, got himself a double. No, I think he did the right because he, he, the centre had pulled in on whoever was running the um, the mm. first line and it just created that two-on-one. And, you know, Guffo from two metres out, he was going over. Um, I like, uh, Bertie alluded at it, uh, but I like what Brad did with the bench in a little swap over there. Um, Junior especially, but as well as Lane brought energy off the bench. Junior was outstanding in that game. Um, he was actually our best red zone uh, option, I think. He really straightened up the attack in the second half. And was I think there was one sequence of play where he was the first receiver in the set three plays in a row, but each play it was like a different look. One time he was steaming into the line. One time he was like distributing. And the other time he was like the primary ball player down the right edge. And that's where we got a line drop out with uh, Ryan Madison putting a grab and kicking off his ball. So that was really cool. Um, a lot of like it was all trending in the right direction, I think, but we're still not at full, like, you know, full gear, full tilt. And that's what this week will be all about, I think. But as far as taking care of business, quite happy with that. Especially in the conditions. That That's right. Like you said, uh, 86% completion in those conditions is a very good team effort. And that speaks to the team and all the players across it, not switching off mentally. Well, especially like when you consider, say, the first 20 minutes, I think we were at 57%. So it must yeah, be cause really Yeah, because that's right. Because like the first 10 sets, I remember the commentators made a big deal about the amount of errors we'd made. And the other thing I wanted to give a shout out to before I pass it off to him, and I'll probably maybe usurp some of his stuff here. But um, you've taken it all, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, Mitch, as bad as Mitch was in those first twenty minutes, I was really encouraged by what I saw on the like that next forty minute block. He uh, really straightened up his running, planted that right foot, and started digging into the line the way that Hamish has been going on about uh, for the last couple of weeks on the podcast. And it's no coincidence that that is reflected in the stat sheet. He had uh, twelve runs for one hundred and four meters, which is actually his single highest uh, score of his score mark in terms of meterage. Um, in the season, with his uh, uh, his first and, and third best results being in rounds two and round three, respectively, against the Titans and the Broncos. But um, in terms of since he came back from injury, it's by far his best mark. I think he had 80 metres at one point um, somewhere else in that um, return run. So he said post-game that's the first time he's felt confident in either of his calves, which suggested that the other calf sort of had a some sort of strain as being part of that balance. You know, when you get one leg injured, the other leg sort of takes on too much strain. So it was good to hear that he's getting back to full confidence and, you know, he started to play like that a little bit. Him. Um, yeah, pretty much exactly what Bertie and Forty said, you know. Like, we weren't at our – like, we got to the way we want to play, but we're probably at 60% of what mm-hmm. we can achieve with the way we play that way. When – I think Mitch got – he threw that big rainbow pass over. But after that, like, I love it when Mitch gets the ball and fakes – just, like, shapes to kick and then steps off his right foot and he just – he catches out – It's always know, a half break, isn't it? It's, it's always a half yeah. break. He catches out those A and B defenders, like because he just he moves, gets so much acceleration off his right foot, like. And then you know that Harbour Bridge pass around, but he has to try something because you go over the other side of the field and like there's no halfback play on that side. And that's so, why that's why he started doing a little bit of work on the left edge as well. I think because yeah. you know Jay is cool as he is with the ball in hand and a bit of space. He's not a, a primary playmaker by no, any he's not means. A halfback. Like, simple as that. Look, he's not a halfback. I think we brought him to. Uh, learn how to play halfback in reserve grade, and he got zero uh, opportunities to do that because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, so yeah, that was it's obviously disappointing on his behalf, but it is what it is. Um, Sivo's first run was just um, like 
Tyson Gamble. Like, oh, poor bastard, yeah. Seriously, like, you're trying to you make your first tackle, your first play in the game, and Mike Asivo just his head down and steams towards you. That's probably a, a good talking point, Ham, is what do we make of Mike's game? Because statistically, it wasn't amazing. Um, to be fair, to some extent, the game was played like dominantly down the right edge. Like we let Mitch run the show completely down the right edge. So he ended up with he ended up if I just check the stats quickly. Nine runs on Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's off um NRL uh champion data. NRL.com have him down for eleven for a one oh two. So slight variance there. Um, um mm. just, he started off really well and then I thought he sort of tapered off towards the end. Like I'd still like to especially if the ball's not going his way uh when we're attacking, he needs to go and look for it on plays two and three. I agree. Because he's you not he's not making any tackles, so he's not expending um, energy there. So he needs to expend his energy by his attack. I did read a, someone, an anonymous comment, game grade, see if I had a boil on his, and that could be a reason why. But it was a step in, like everyone else, like Mitch, the way Mitchell played. Um, it was a general trend upwards, wasn't it, across the park yeah. for the team? Yeah. And so, um, you know, if he puts in more performances like that, and um, again, it's the way we want him to play. But he only played sixty percent of what we know he. Yeah. So I think there's still room. For, uh, um, negatives for me. The only the real big one that jumped out was the the Bullimore run. I didn't like that. Yeah, we switched off. Yeah, sure. You could see it, it was instead of a set line together. It was like we we only rushed up half field, yeah. like half of yeah. our team. And so yeah. Lane gets beaten on the outside. Uh, poor uh, Reedy gets Reed. squared up one on one against the rampaging forward. And he just it's gets sort of like a uh, Moses with D- uh, David. Fitt. That's right. Yeah, exactly. He got he got posted up one on ones against Fafita, and yes, Moses went a little bit high, and maybe could have cut him down a little bit lower. But still, you know, you're not putting Mitchell Mitchell in a spot to succeed there if you're going to leave him um, isolated up against David Body Fafita. But the way Mitch tackled him was to slow him down for for him. yeah for A and B defenders to come in. That's right. Yeah, and then Wangle rushed up. I don't know. I haven't. Uh, but I'm on that case. But uh, maybe even Madison come. And the, um, other, the again, other, it could just be a well-worked play by that, the Broncos. I mean, that's right. I mean, obviously, the the key there is to get uh, Fafita isoed against the half. And yeah, maybe the space to the left was like selling it. And the other the other negative moment for me was a, it was a really weird one actually. This one, and I was talking about it with sixties on the tip sheet, and it was when uh, uh, Professor Farnsworth scored. Uh, yeah, uh, Darius kicked in behind. Yeah, Garfo had completely misread it and gone to the left side of our left of the side of the field, and um was like just miles away from the ball. And oh, he got on his bike to get over there, but it just was not in, in time. So I'm not really sure what keyed him into the Broncos, you know, keep cheating to that side of the field because he misread it. Well, Darius why, isn't really a primary kicker, is true, he? True, true. <laughs> That's why I gave Guffo uh, two in the post, post-game grades for the Discord, just just because of that. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's where I was at too. I gave Junior my three in that game. Yeah. I thought Davey was like, he didn't put a foot, as always... He doesn't put a, a foot wrong. He it, he when he offloads, like you think he's wrapped it up, and you think the plays did, and somehow he gets it loose. And I just and I said I think he needs him, Murata. I'm not trying to be biased. Murata and Stone have to be in the 17 each week. I don't care what you do, chuck them through on the bench and have someone else. But they have to be. They have to have to always be in the 17 if fit. Yeah, Davey. All bring energy, and they don't do errors. And Davey, really Davey did have a good game, and you know doesn't say it on the NRL.com. Team West, but he, he or Team West, the, the stats. But obviously, he started for Sean Lane, and the numbers aren't amazing on Arrow.com. Ten runs, eighty-four meters, and a, a handful of tackles. I think thirty-four tackles. Yeah, thirty-four tackles, no miss, no ineffective. So, once, like like all these other games this season, the, if you looked at the numbers, you wouldn't say he had a great game. But there was plenty of pop when I actually came to watching him play. So, if the rumors are true and he signed for Manly, it's a bit of a shame. 
because he's been a, a I wouldn't say like a revelation, but he's been a really cool addition to our squad in 2020. Um, just back on uh, Gutho, there was a really nice play where he made a tackle. Um, he tracked back. Uh, it would have been on our right side. And then the following play, they put a kick in behind. And when you're watching from the stands, especially up as high as I was, you could see his work off the ball. And he, he ran about another 70 metres to get there and, and, and put it, uh, plant the ball to make it a seven tackle fittest, uh, drop Fittest out. player in the NRL, I have no doubts. The guy's an animal. And he should, yeah. he should have got a... Uh penalty if i'm if i think of it's the same play where uh tony staggs grubbed it in i think so yeah and then um he was hit by the first player was still two meters out the second play come in and then the third play come in and pushed him into the in goal it was oh yeah is that where he got on the slide yeah yeah, yeah. Was, you know i know it's wet and everything but at least the third man in was a flop <laughs> it should have been a penalty, but Henry wasn't the best official. Like. He, he should have slid on his belly. So Henry, he Henry, Henry. Uh, Hamish, do you want to do you want to tee off on Henry, or should the the pod? Do yeah, it? well, I just I, oh sorry, which Hamish? <laughs> you, 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 sorry, you. Man. I, I was just going to say Perinara. Like he, he, we all have him. We're all human. Um, he he had an absolute shocker. And I think the weekend showed that that change to having one official in oh. the bunker has made one iota that, of difference. That and could it was not be the worst. Wor- like, that is like by far the single worst result that could have happened for the NRL and Annesley and whatnot after they made this big change. No more ex-players in the bunker. You know, just officials that completely know the rules. It turns out they don't know the rules. Yeah, it was just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was at the ground that you just didn't understand some of the officiate. And I know I didn't have sports ears on. And sometimes you don't know, like if it's uh, inside the ten or holding down or whatever else it might be for. But like especially that try um, to from Gutho tip on to Ferguson, which you know watching it, it went two metres backward for a tip on. Um, first of all, you're like, oh well, he's got it a forward pass. You know, sometimes you get them and, and, and shit luck. And then we're challenging it. We've got the challenge and we're successful. And you're like, well, how the freak have we challenged a forward pass? But then apparently he called a knock-on. He called the, t- um, the, he called the yeah. tip on a knock-on. And then Annesley backed him on the Monday morning review, which now means precedent set that all tip-ons are reviewable, uh, subject to both the video referee and captain's challenges. It, they just they, – they do themselves in sometimes. Yeah. And especially Annesley, he just – um, and, and the second one for Junior Paulo, watching that live and then watching it on the replay on the big screen, it's what the hip drop tackle was brought in, uh, the, the punishment for it, is when you have two blokes standing up and, and, and the player the, still leg driving forward and a third player dives straight onto their legs. Yeah, it's either the player dives to the Junior legs was or... was the first tackler. And what he did is did a classic slide down. And unfortunately for Fafita, and you hate to see injuries, he's got syndesmosis, he's going to miss origin. That's ugly to see. But it's a contact sport, and sometimes accidents happen. In the like same that game, Quentin Gup. I mean, the hip. The way I understood is the hip drop is either your interpretation. It's like an either or case where it's your your interpretation where a man attacks the ankles of the third man in, or in like a grapple technique, like a transition grapple technique. A guy moves from the thighs and deliberately goes down to the the ankles to twist, and hence the the you know hip to drop. And in this case, that that's why I, I, I gathered they pinged Paulo for, even though it was incorrect. But in the same game. You had Quentin Gufson get up super dusty from a tackle because he was tackled on the hips, and then the guy dropped down to his ankles and twisted. And like the, it shouldn't have been a penalty, but based on and it wasn't a penalty, but based on the junior puller precedent, why wasn't it a penalty? I just don't. I mean, did anyone did anyone catch Gufson on um, uh, big league rap? He yeah, yeah. he said that during the course of that sequence, he thought that Perinara was calling him him over to tell him that Fafita had lost the ball. He wasn't really sure what was happening. It's like did uh, did Fafita not call him getting the ball? Nope. 
uh, Junior Paul has been referred. It's going on report, and um, you know, penalty against Parramatta. And, and Guff was like, I had no idea what was happening. One one thing I did enjoy off the the refs mic that was picked up is uh, when they did call that Perinara called the tip on. We won the challenge. And then Gutho said, so it's a try. And he goes, no, it's not a try. It's your play the ball. And he goes, oh, so at least we get six again. No. Well, <laughs> speaking, speaking. I was going to bring that up because um, we, speak I was listening to what Henry said there. So, like, this is after the call was made. He goes, it's my mistake. I've called a knock on. Um, that's why I was challenged. And then Gutho goes, so it's a try. It's not a try because I've blown my whistle. Um, well, why are you blowing that then? And then Henry goes, because I called knock on. Gutho goes, that's a bad call. <laughs> And um, speaking of bad calls, yeah. bad calls and six agains, although we didn't get six again from the actual play of the ball, we definitely got a make-up uh, set restart in that set. I yeah, the next one, it was, it was a nothing tackle. It was a nothing six tackle, again. six again, yeah. Because he called uh, – he actually – didn't you listen to him? He actually goes, six again, hands on the ball. There's hands on the ball every – Yeah, time, yep. And they don't call it. So all of a sudden, after Gutho goes, oh, you should at least give Paris six again, or you should at least give us six again, and he just gives us six again for – Nothing. So right. he found the correct uh, little workaround to give us a six again, even though it's not the correct way of doing things. You know what I mean? Obviously, we benefited from, but it's just stupid. And the thing is, with that one, if if he called a knock on, you can play on. If he thinks it's a knock on, not a forward, there is no reason not to just let it go to the bunker. And that was the theme, that was the theme of round nineteen. Just let it go to the bunker. And, but the, to be fair, when they did take it to the bunker in the Cronulla Sharks game, they got it dreadfully wrong. Or was and it no? Then, the, was it Cronulla uh, Sharks New Zealand Warriors? No. The New Zealand Warriors no, game against the Raiders. That's right. Sorry, yeah. They got Twice in two dread, minutes. Dreadfully wrong. So they were, I suppose Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't. And the thing is, like, he went earlier on in the game the, when M- M- Michael went up for that bomb and then Brisbane would call offside. Why didn't he just call them offside if he thought that they were offside? Why did he go to the bunker? Yes, sir. You know, so it's basically, it's the same principle. Oh, there's an infringement. Oh, wait, they've scored. I'll check it. Well, Go up to the bunker, say, no try. I have a knock-on from Clinton Gutherson into Blake Ferguson. And the thing is, scoring that try didn't, like, it didn't change the way we played. But when you look at either 30 to 12 or 32 to 12, it looks a lot better than 26 to 12. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just dumb. And I knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. Let's get back to some positives. So I just wanted to <laughs> the, shit, the, the players that had been on my shit list leading up to this game. Uh, Make a Sevo, his first carry out, um, you know, knocks a bloke out and four, four in the tackle and he almost busts through. And that was an awesome uh, put down for his try too. That was like a super high quality put down for that um, that little backline move that happened. Yeah, the ball was a bit high as well. So um, he did really well to reel it in and put it down. Um, it wasn't just a fall over try. So... Um, Good stuff from Maker. Uh, the next one is that change in the rotation. Junior Paulo's off, but uh, the person, Kane Evans, and I think uh, Sterlo's been the biggest advocate in the regular meter to hold the frigging ball, mm-hmm. and he must have got uh, that from no the stupid, coaches. No stupid knock-ons, offloads, or six agains. Well done, Kane. Yes, I think there was one offload uh, where he flung it out a little bit hard, but other than that, um, the rest was tuck the ball and run it hard. Um, that was his best game in a long time, or at least since he signed his new contract with the Warriors. Oggy uh, was very good too. I forgot to give him props as well. Yeah, Oregon was fantastic. Probably one, one of our one, best. One drop, but aside from that, um, plenty of metres per, per run, 10 for 127. I was going to say, didn't he say like 12 metres per run? Yeah. That's ridiculous. He, he was absolutely pumping those legs in post-contact. So uh, The next... Next one, Sean Lane, uh, his stint in the middle of the field at lock. I thought he was a lot better than what he had been um, on the edge. And he better watch out because uh, for the rest of the year, Davey might take his spot if um, 
The thing, uh, you know, David keeps playing like that. The Laney thing with Leno is, yeah, he, he got very heavily involved. Because uh, when you see, I think he only played like 30 minutes, if that. 29, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, just before they pulled him off, I'm not sure if the cameras picked it up, but I believe it was a coming back from a kick, and he was sort of at marker. And as he turned around, it looked like he had a bit of a wobbly boot. Like, it looked like he was concussed, but he was just that tired. Just from working himself to a standstill. Yeah, and then straight away the it's, it's not. I mean, we've seen Lane being deployed a couple of different ways in our team across the last two years. So it was interesting to see him in a good way get back into the middle because, in a way, it streamlines things for him. He doesn't have to worry about timings on on backline movements and whatnot, and he can just focus on getting involved, running and and tackling. Uh, but I mean, Hamish makes a good point in terms of in on form. Andrew Davy is absolutely threatening his spot in the left edge. But I do think that at you know full form, Lane is such a an awesome weapon to have down that left edge, and that's why I hope he can get back to his best in time for the finals. Because when he's in time with Jenko, that double crash underline and those little option balls he can play with um, Gufferson on the sweep are so devastating to defend against. Uh, the next thing. Oh, sorry. What about Maddo's kicking game? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty handy too. I mean, the first one was pure ass. That bounce was just insane. It, it looked like uh, Wade Graham. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that second one was brilliant though. Junior Paulo fires the, part, the cutout pass to him. He drops yeah. it onto the boot in one motion, weights it perfectly um, into the end goals. Yeah, a bit of a pod there, considering uh, that Jai Field doesn't have much of a I don't kick think I've seen him kick much, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the other thing that just when I was uh, sitting up high, um, I know we said Moses straightened a bit more, um, and obviously we were attacking that right edge all night because you know we've got to get a bit of flow on that right edge. Uh, but just uh, sometimes he didn't seem to straighten, seemed to go a little bit too sideways. Yeah, he, he definitely before. definitely wasn't like fixed, but. There were, there were times where he planted that right foot and really tested the Broncos' defensive line. That's where our best sets came from. Definitely. Um, but there were just too many times there where he didn't straighten enough mm-hmm. to draw in that centre to give Wunger and Fergo a bit of space on the outside. And they, uh, Broncos' defence, I can't remember who the opposite centre was all night. They just ate that up. Uh, uh, Farnsworth been was eight one times out of ten. And Staggs got pushed into the halves, so the other centre was... Xavier Coates. Xavier Coates off the bench, correct. Is that that what they did? Because I, I, I was thinking when the half went off, they would put bloody um, Coates at fullback. And I was Boyd, thinking Coates at fullback no. and then Darius into five. No, eight, they, put, but, um, no. they put a uh, big Cotone Stags into the halves. And then yeah, yeah. he did pretty well. Okay. I mean, yeah, well, he, he was the most threatening player on the. Like, there was a couple of half breaks that he made, um, which were clean, uh, was, quickly cleaned it's up. It's like junior he, football; he you just get your get the um, football into the hands of your best player, right? And so you put you put Katoni into the halves, and he just made all the runs down the right edge. Tell you what, if the Broncos are looking for a fullback next year, you know, here's a tip from the one quarter of the Para podcast: Katoni Stags. Yeah, see if he's got enough gas. That that'd be the it. yeah the the juice in the the tank for it. But in terms of getting his hands on it, the ball, got to get some good blood flow going. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Did we want to say anything else in the the wash up of that game? A step in the right direction, but still work to do. I think we, is the uh, the we, overall thesis. We swept the Broncos. Always a good thing. Um, and we did our part in getting the Broncos there, putting them one step towards their maiden spoon. Canterbury obviously upsetting the the Rabbitohs was the other part that we needed to happen in round 19. I, I just want to give myself a pat on the back. I did uh, call them out a little bit in the last podcast. It's there on tape. Mm, you did. You did call it. And, I mean, it's not it's not a fait accompli now. We still need uh, either the dogs to pip the slightly understrength Panthers or is it the the Cowboys? Cowboys. Yeah, it's Cowboys. The, the Queensland derby. So we need the Cowboys to hold up their end of the deal now. They have to. Like cow, but cowboys just look fucking diabolical. <laughs> they do like, look pretty toxic. They are just terrible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In terms, in terms of our game, um, any other things that stand out for me? 
Reed Money, fantastic. Reed Money, huge difference. Huge difference. And you know, not to knock Will Smith because he actually had a good job off the bench there. He had five runs for forty odd meters and a, a stack of tackles, another thirty-five, uh, sixteen tackles. Sorry, I was looking at Nathan Brown's numbers there. Um, sixteen tackles of just one missed. So uh, Smithy's doing his job, and I wonder if um he's actually earned himself into maybe a one-year lifeline contract because our top thirty is not set for next year, and you know he's actually doing the job asked of him with no sort of game time under his belt. Yeah, I'm fine with that. If that's what we got to do to make up the 28. Beginning of the season, I was more looking forward to Reese Davies taking his spot, but Davies just fell off a cliff, and I reckon keep this. Wilson yeah, da- Davies was sort of player that absolutely needed the the Canterbury Cup or whatever it's yeah. it's called in its current iteration. I, I don't even know if it's changed during COVID. Um, and even then, he he sort of fell off after the start of the preseason when it came to game time. So yeah, good to see um, Will Smith go back to back solid performances. Um, he's probably not going to be there when it comes to the finals, given that we should have the services of Murata and Stoney um, available. But he's done his job, and I just want to give him a shout out. The because we simplified his game, like yeah, that, that's a fair call. Pass to forwards, pass to pass to Moses, or run. Yeah, that's right. If you see the opportunity, scoot. Otherwise, just give it to your halves or or prop, whatever. Oh, that's the wind. Crazy. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Jump into some news. So the first item of the news uh, injury report. So we're starting to get. Some players uh, looking likely to come back. Uh, but Dil- Dylan Brown, out of that moon boot, how good? Yeah, and he was um, coaching with Brad Arthur on the, the training gallery, trying to get Guff out of the team. I yeah, know, I did say that. <laughs> on, on his Instagram. <laughs> uh, he's, he's got a, a cheeky sense of humor, old Dillbags. Uh, but Ray Stone, it did come out that it, he injured that thumb. Um, so he's expected back uh, finals week one. Parada is also rib finals week one, and Dill Brown, whilst it still says indefinite, we're thinking uh, week two of the finals. He is, um, he's got that little bit of um, the, the Logan X-Factor healing, I think, Dill, so I wouldn't put anything past him. And I haven't, yeah, haven't, I haven't heard anything, but he just, he is a, he has one of the highest pain thresholds I've seen in a young guy, and Ham has attested to this during the podcast numerous times, between the, the finger that he broke that he played with on 80 minutes, because he didn't want to be soft. <laughs> and he didn't want to disappoint his dad. <laughs> That's right. And then, like a bloody syndesmosis injury that most players go down crying and not, you know, not crying figurative, like literally, but figuratively. And they get the medicab out. That, that's right. Not only does he get up and brush it off, he plays for another 30 minutes of it, chasing down one of the former outside backs in the competition and Campbell Graham from the other side of the field to stop a try. The, well, the, you saw David Fafida, like a big, tough bloke. Yeah, like just re- reduced to nothing. Much, exactly. Yeah. So, would not rule out anything with Dylan. But yeah, Brown's no horse, bro. Very true. Uh, next is uh, Blue and Gold uh, Army members. Uh, if you want to get on the uh, promotional material for next year, there's a link in the show notes. You can send in, I think it's a 30-second clip. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're really into getting your... Ham, your- Ham should be calling and getting royalties. Could be, um, but videos must be taken in landscape and sent through to media at paraeels.com.au. How, so, many, how many portrait videos do you reckon they're going to get regardless? Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to be the one reviewing those videos, to be honest. <laughs> That's a thankless say, job. Is shadowboxing allowed, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I heard it's uh, all bar. Uh, anything goes. Oh, <laughs> There'll be some shadowboxing in my video then. <laughs> um, as long as you're not doing what was happening in the uh, the Bulldogs in the AFL yeah. on the weekend, I, th- I think we should be okay. Oh, the uh, 
finger around the shorts, the hopawati. <laughs> yes. The friendly hopawati. The friendly hopawati. Oh, it's all a joke, isn't God. it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, the thing is, I saw, like, they do make a point, and I know we think about it as, as you know, growing up with footy, oh, yeah, that's just what you do with the boys at footy. Like, I, I've never had the inclination to stick my finger up at no, a teammate's yeah, bug. Like, there's, oh, there's, like, skinship but, between mates where, you know, you get all bro and whatnot, and there's that. That is not what you do on a football team. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine if something like that happened in a white collar workplace. Like that is a that sexual is straight to HR bullshit. for sexual harassment. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. But then again, um, let the boys play. Uh, <laughs> for the finals, the NRL is on the verge of a huge boost ahead of October final series. Uh, this is from Michael Chamis at the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, and considering a 50% capacity at major events from beginning of October. Uh, so it looks like we will be getting uh, full 50% crowds with a view to hopefully bump that up to about 75% come grand final. Um, but still, uh, again, that's relying upon everybody doing the right thing. That's a big if, isn't it? Although New South Wales has been pretty good lately. Yeah, I think it's two or three, and they're usually overseas or known um, mm-hmm. spots at the moment. So you, you have to wear a mask. So you, you don't have to wear a mask when you're sitting, but when you go into like the stands or you know walk around to the food, During navigation, correct, you have to put the mask on, yeah. That, that, that's what I was doing on Friday in any event. Like, yeah. I'll walk over from the car, I just had the mask on, and then when we're up in our seat... Um, you know, I could take it off because we were right up near the top anyway, so we didn't have anybody within Kuwait of us. Oh, shit. Breaking news. One, oh, sorry. Just the one thing I don't get about that is, like, you, you can sit in your seat, but at Banquest, your seats flip up, but you can't stand where your seat is. Yeah, yeah I had the same thing. I went to Panthers uh, a while ago. I was just out doing a pub crawl through Penrith, and um, we were at a table, and I... The other three blokes had a chair, but I was just standing up against the table. And the secchi's coming, no, you need to have a friggin' seat. So I had to run around to try to find a friggin' seat to sit down. I'm like, well, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> but, anyway, um, what's the breaking news? Huge breaking news. Um, future NRL immortal Greg Lissiwell has broken his PB on the bench press. And oh, has 190 that's not breaking. That was earlier today. Days. It's breaking in terms of today. I can. That's that's mainstream breaking, man. Come on. Wait, 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 wait. Is he doing a legit, or is he doing like Tristan Staler style? He it was it was a proper oh, bench. Been fine. It was yeah. a proper bench press with not terrific form, but like he definitely cleared it. So, but yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna try and bench 190 kilos anytime soon. So I'm not gonna hold it against him what he did. But, yeah, that is a lot of weight. Gee, that's a lot of ankles to break. <laughs> I know someone did link the um the moment where he broke Ryan Papenhusen's ankles. That's it an certainly awful. wasn't an Isaac Luke squat. <laughs> uh, um, and then the last bit of news is Junior Paulo taking that early guilty plea for a who, nothing. I mean, I actually don't blame the club here because we got hosed when we, we took the lawyer that got Billy Slater off on the shoulder charge, uh, uh, charge he copped on under the new rules. And we took that guy that was obviously very good and he couldn't get Nathan Brown off against the Roosters. So we're, we're definitely gun-shy when it comes to the judiciary, and for good reason now. Yeah, I think it just seems to be um, the luck of the draw when you get the judiciary. Um, the luck of the team, mate, I think, is probably better. better well, that's these part days. of it as well. But because uh, half of them are ex-players, you know, you just, you just don't know what you get. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, most of them should be getting checked for severe concussions uh, before <laughs> I mean, they play. I laugh, uh, but you're, you're absolutely serious. Yeah, that, that is a fair point. And, of course, the, the scary thing now for Parramatta is that uh, I mentioned before the pod, but any sort of grade one charge, uh, barring the ones that attract the fine, would mean that Junior is probably going to miss two weeks. So he has to Well, be... that's the same pretty much for Reg, isn't it, as well? Yep, Reg. Yeah. And who else is on? Uh, Brownie, obviously. 
given his yeah. prize. And I'm trying to think of anyone else that's got a. So that's pretty much our starting. And probably yeah, Kane Evans too, because of the um, when he tackled someone too hard against the St. George Dragons. Now, Jenko's one was a fine-only offence for that one, and fair enough. Like, he, he got him flush on the chin, and it's just yeah. one of those ones where they're falling, and it just... But you make contact with the head, that's the result. Um, all right, well, let's look to other results this weekend. Uh, Rabbitohs 16, Bulldogs 26. Um, I only watched the second half, I think, of this, because I was coming home from um, a function. Uh, but uh, the Bulldogs, I didn't think they were going to get there. They were up, what, 20 to nil at one point? They um and, uh, they nearly choked it away, yes. But to be fair, they also copped a diabolical call for um Jackson with the X. Uh, Jackson Paulo scoring a try where he obviously went out in the process of grabbing the ball. And yeah. <laughs> but um, plenty well, of ticket- time try scorer, I bet, uh, thanked the officials for not revealing that one. <laughs> I, uh, well, uh, speaking of that, I, I went and got pizza for my local um, before the game, and he's a Mad Bulldogs fan. I was sitting there talking to a Roosters fan and the owner who's the Dogs fan, and they were saying, who's going to be first try scorer and any time try scorers? And I kid you not, the owner says, get on Tim Lafay for first try scorer. And we sort of pondered on who would be any time try scorers. And we said, you know, Campbell Graham's on a bit of a tear, and it's hard to go past Alex Johnston. So <laughs> if they put on any money on those tips, they would have cleaned up. <laughs> Alex Johnston burnt me the other week when he dropped that one over the line. Never again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, the dogs did that without uh, Lachlan Lewis, which I don't know if is a good or bad thing for most of the game after he got knocked out by uh, Sewer. And initially, I thought that was probably a bit of a rough call um, because I, he, he made contact with the shoulder initially, but it, it glanced off the shoulder into the head. So there's precedent there, I suppose, for him to get Simbined. Yeah, initial contact, you know, shoulder to the head. It, it's just, it is what it is. Like people, and freaking who was it? Was it the mole or the other one? They showed a still of it before. Yeah, before. <laughs> and then somebody responded like, stop being a flog and showed the still of the, the shoulder right into the meat of the yeah, jaw. That, that's why you don't take stills as evidence because it just does not tell the full story. Yeah, what was that one of Fergo being offside the other week? Someone that, photoshopped that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photoshopped and people believed it. They ate it up so badly too. It was against the Knights when Guffo took the quick tap to set Sebo up. And you know who you know who ate it up the most? Eels fans, Parramatta fans loved it. Oh, we shouldn't have won that game. Fergo was offside. Yep. yep. Uh, next game, Cowboys twelve, Panthers thirty two. Again, Cowboys even getting back uh, the best thirteen in the game. Diabolical. Yeah. Yeah, not much. They I mean Penrith just did the job here. They didn't even have to try hard, and they just cleaned them up so easily, securing the minor premiership in the process. So well done to them. Um, but no. yeah, I mean, look, you got you got to give props again the minor no. premiership, but that no. you, you, don't, you don't have to respect it. You just give the no. juice. Soft comp. <laughs> yeah, it's a soft cop up until we win it, and then it's fine. Yeah. Uh, then on to Saturday nineteenth. Titans forty two, Seagulls twenty four. Uh, the scoreline probably flattering Manly at this, this was, point. Yeah, this was cathartic, wasn't it? Um, Tommy T rushing back to secure his origin spot. Does his um, AC joint, so he'll still get. I mean, Freddie came out and said he's still going to get picked. So I don't know why he rushed back. Tell you what, if I if I was running Manly and like whatever, I'd be saying Tom, you are not playing in the state of origin. I don't give a shit about how much money you're going to earn. You're not playing. You rehab. Heal. Yeah, right we pay you a million dollars a season. Go heal. Yeah, uh, but you, you might get 150. That's the thing. Probably won't even won't even play state of origin. So, but even if he does, it's 100, 150 grand. I think 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but surely he's thinking. Hang on, what's going on? You know, over the past three or four years, I've had so many injuries. Like he's built like a toothpick, um, birdie. That's that's the this, the long and short of it. He, his body his just can't support body. the frame. Yeah, but it was the um the perfect exclamation mark on a dog shit week for Manly after losing Adam Fanua Blake to the Warriors. So um. They're going to be hugely weak in the forward pack because of that. And, yeah, I mean, the, the Titans are now in ninth. 
they've just absolutely surged up the table. Like they can't make the finals, but they've done a, a fantastic job under Holbrook. And I, we talked about it last week, but I'll, I'll be fascinated to see if they can maintain the rage into 2021 because it's easy to overperform when you've got no pressure on you. But um, given their acquisitions and their expectations off this season, from this season rather, um, they'll have a bit of pressure on next year. And I hope that they can still produce. Yeah, we'll see whether or not there are bulldogs of last year. Yeah, exactly. Year when, year when before that, that's right. You can go on and run when there's nothing to play for. Uh, Super Saturday, second game, Storm fifty, West twenty two. I didn't watch any of this. Yeah, the the Storm will be very unhappy with the points they conceded, but you know, once again, they didn't have to get out of third gear and they just cruised past. the uh, The most interesting thing from this for me was um, for those that missed it, uh, uh, Cameron Smith scored a try. And he ended up uh, having a bit of a salute to Craig Bell in the box who flipped the bird back at him, which I, I thought was hilarious. I didn't have an issue with that. But in the course of Cameron Smith scoring the try, I think it was uh, – was it BJ Ham or was it uh, – uh, Lu- Luciano. It was Luciano. was on the ground in the play of the ball and deliberately spikes the ball um, out of – like away from Cameron Smith's hands, which I thought yeah. would – like it's an instant penalty. Like the ref doesn't even consider advantage because – play's dead. Sh- should the, play, be. the play's dead, exactly. And instead the referee's like, no, no, play on, play on. And you know, Cameron, to his credit, showed a bit of um, heads up for, uh, knowledge and taps the ball ahead between a couple of players and dives on it in the end goals and scores a try to go ahead of Craig Bellamy's all-time uh, career record for tries, which is what the uh, little interchange between the two was. So yeah, I was just a little bit miffed at they as, give that a try, but Reed's one against Newcastle. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the like, perfect that's the perfect uh, analogy there, Bertie. Is we were told that because it was a ruck infringement, you can have no advantage. Um, yeah. yeah, so. You're yeah. looking for consistency in the wrong place, is <laughs> I all am. I can say. I am looking for consistency in the wrong place. Um, but yeah, aside from that, uh, the, the storm outside backs were lethal, and they just did the job. And if we um, would there a prospective uh, week one matchup for us um, if results go a certain way in the course of round 20? So it'd be interesting to see. Roosters would have to lose to South. Roosters lose, I we win. That would put us into... See happening. I think South had their hot streak, and now they're going to go back to shit. And the, the Roosters haven't rested any players, unlike the Storm and the uh, Raiders, so... They're coming in hot. Roosters 34, Sharks 18. Again, scoreline flattering Sharks. And the big heartbreak here, obviously, Sean Johnson doing his Achilles. And yeah, it's awful stuff. Like, the, I knew he's, he was already – he's not the player that he once was, uh, given his – was it an ankle injury? He's um, done ankle, ankle and knee, yeah, uh, multiple times now. I, I yeah, actually, it's, it's like that injury to Saquon Barkley, you know, one of the best talents you see, yeah. and they just have those injuries just where break, break just, down. they're yeah. fucked. And I, the, I think, I don't know which content it was, but I actually yelled at the TV during the course of his injury because uh, they were, made it out like he, he wouldn't really know if he'd done an injury, like a bad injury. I was like, it's his fucking Achilles. Like as someone that's had Achilles issues in the past, if you do something to your Achilles, it, it snaps, the pop is heard by people around you and the Achilles rolls up the back of your leg as it, like, it, it explodes. Like, you know if you've done your fucking Achilles. Jeez. Yeah, I've heard um, tennis, yeah, and it sounds like a gunshot. Yep, because it, it's, the, it's the highest tension... Uh, uh, ligament pretty much in the body. It's like it's the load bearing uh, part of, like, of the entire bottom half of your your body. Like there is so much pressure on it, it has to be so wound up tight that when it pops, like you said, it's like a gunshot. It's unfortunate that he's done it this late because he's going to miss the whole preseason and probably like the first half of the season. Like if you're going to get an injury, like a season long injury, you you prefer it in the first round. That way you you're back for preseason. So it's very unfortunate people get season season ending injury or you know, ACLs and Achilles right now because they're pretty much screwed for next year as well. Yeah, awful stuff. Wishing the best of luck to get back to full strength because uh, Johnson at full strength is is good for rugby league. Well, he, I think he was leading. Was he leading the try assist? Try assist, yeah. Well ahead of everybody else. Uh, then on Sunday, Raiders twenty six, Warriors fourteen. Um, 
Oh, boy. Stewart got a bit hot under the collar, but uh, I think seven penalties to one in that first half. It was well earned by the Raiders. They were off their faces. I don't know what the hell they were doing. And and the sin bidding, you know, well enough. Uh, I don't know if he was offside, but he, he got there freaking quick, I'll tell you that much. So I thought fair enough. Um, but uh, maybe another game where a certain team was managed back into the game in the second half. <laughs> oh, I love that that's going to be a forever meme now after the queries rant. <laughs> Imagine if that was Brad Arthur. He would have threw literally 20 bottles out the window. If the amount of bottles he had in front of him, like... He wouldn't have thrown any bottles out the window oh. because he's not a friggin' toddler who has a temper. <laughs> I, I will say it's like Hooper was defending him saying, oh, he threw a plastic bottle and no one got hurt. Hoops his yeah. best mate in the media. Like, yeah. come on. But if I went to a football and I did that, do you think the security guard would be like, oh, it's okay, you missed me? Like, no. It's one of the Burgess brothers that got two weeks for it a couple yeah. of years ago. It's yeah, ridiculous. that's a good point. Yeah. Like, you know, grow up. Seriously, Ricky, how friggin' old are you? You've been around for that long. Grow the fuck up. It's <laughs> just, you know, a toddler in a man's body. Sorry, go on, Betty. No, keep oh, going. I was going to say, you can have up close look, look at Adam O'Brien. Like, he goes off his nut every time, but you don't see him throwing shit around. Well, it's like, the same with Craig Bellamy. He loses his shit in the box, but then he put, you know, he, he ropes it in for the actual coaching part of it when it comes to face-to-face interactions. And the whole, he wears his heart in his sleeve, you know, shtick that the media play out for him and how it's endearing, get fucked. He's a dickhead. He's a he's a man child when it comes to this sort of stuff, and he's he got a track record for it. Since yeah. he turned to camera, he's gotten away. With no, the because he. Cro- I mean, uh, Hamish pointed out uh, uh, Hooper, but uh, Paul Kent, Crawley, and a number of other people are all in his pocket. They all piss in his pocket when it comes to this sort of stuff because they're mates of him. I was just going to say the Warriors also need to grow up. They could have gone two tries up, two converted tries up. Then Jazz Tavanga flings the ball out for no reason. He's got. I mean, people are talking about how he was getting under Brownie's skin, but I think it was the reverse. Yeah. Brownie got under his skin and needled him, and he's the hot like the hothead that needs to rein it in. And yeah, and seriously, you take the tackle, get a quick play of the ball, and then you just pass it to exactly where Jack White was was defending. That's what they did the time before. They had gone two tries up. Instead, they fling it out. The winger, the uh, another Fijian winger, picks it up, runs ninety meters, scores. Then that was it. That was that was the Warriors done. But no, they had to make it hard for Parramatta. We could have we could have cruised this week, but no. Probably Fuck come up for recalling our players back. They probably got the shits, but like we're gonna can't wait for you to go back to New Zealand. Go back to your families. Enjoy yourself. And, and in saying that, thank you for everything they did for the competition. But they're, ah, I didn't but, do shit. But it was like <laughs> the. I understand that they cop some rough calls across the course of the season. But the Todd Payton sort of set the example. There was a bit of ref blaming going on in recent weeks, and that's you know it's always a slippery slope from there. Uh, last game, Knights 42, Dragons 18. Another scoreline that flooded the Dragons. Uh, Knights are fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. There were some really soft tries to the Safedi brothers, though. That, that, one, that, that one, one where Daniel Safedi just like literally had three or four guys on him from the post, and they he just fell down and was like, oh, I can reach out and put the ball down. And good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, Dragons, like, I, I thought they still had a fairly decent squad at the beginning of this year, especially their forward pack, but... Um, they might just need a full rebuild clean out at this point. And we lost to them, Pepper Hands. Oh. Yeah, you know, we played a shit game. We played they such had, a bad uh, game. They got fired up. That was the, the Mary McGregor farewell game. So, yes, they were up for it emotionally. Still, we should have we should have beat them. Like, yes, yeah. sir. Um, all right, well, that wraps up a round of football. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it because we, we almost didn't have a rugby league season this year. So uh, Yeah, I mean, we're going we, to have 20 rounds. We bitched uh, about a lot of things, but credit to the NRL and the players and the coaches and everyone involved for pulling together and getting that shit done because looking at some of the world sports going around, um, it could have been a lot worse, a whole lot worse. Exactly. They've done a fantastic job, so everybody should be applauded. Um, and, 
you know, you're going to get some players that don't adhere to the protocols. Apparently, RCG running around Rouse Hill Shopping Centre, <laughs> according to Tigers fans, <laughs> anonymous Tigers oh, fans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my one today. For the most part, like 99.9% have done the right thing, and it's it's a credit to them. It's it's incredibly tough, and um, we're very thankful to have that sport this year. Did you uh, see my one? Yeah, Anyone? I think. Yeah, yeah. About the Tigers player entering Sefton Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, la, la. Uh, talking about Tigers players, let's move on to the preview. So, Saturday, 26th of September, 7.35pm, to cap off Super Saturday. Uh, out at Bankwest, uh, they couldn't have it at Leichhardt. Uh, we're the curtain raiser to the real man at the moment, Lamb, on, uh, on Sunday, the grand final for the Pickers. Is that right? So... Um, this is just the warm-up game. Uh, West Tigers in 10th against the Eels in 4th. Uh, again, the upside down. West Tigers in 10th. What's going on? Uh, Technically, they've, four, got a, they've got a shot at ninth. They do. They do. So Titans have to lose. and, and We have to lose to them as well. Yep. Uh, so West's fullback, Adam Dwahi. Dwahi. Wingers, David Nofaluma. He was coming in under an injury cloud. Yeah, he, he got banged up last week. So I don't know if he's like fully committed to playing this week or it's a bit of a smokescreen. Kapoa on the other wing. In the centres, Tommy Talau and Chris Lawrence for his final game in the NRL. Grimace was resolved. Captain and 5'8", Benji Marshall in his final game in West's Tigers colours. Halfback so Luke Brooks. So yeah, far. so far. Uh, then in the forwards, <laughs> Zane Musgrove and Thomas McKayley. Hooker is Harry Grant. Second row, Luke Garner, Luciani Lelua and at lock, Alex Twal. On the interchange, Matt Eisenhuth, who's probably in his last game for the West. Mm-hmm. Elijah Taylor, also probably his last game for West. And Michael Cheekham. Oh, is this his first game back after that awful head knock? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to see him playing rugby league again, to be yep. honest. Extended bench, Seafarth, Jacob Little, Josh Reynolds, and Joey Leilua, coached by Madge McGuire. Then for the Eels, Fullback and captain Clint Gutherson. On the wings, make a Sevo Blake Ferguson. Centers, Michael Jennings, Wonga Blake. In the halves, Jai Field, Mitch Moses. Forwards, Reg Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo. Hooker, Reed Marnie. Second row, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison and Nathan Brown at lock. On the interchange, Will Smith, Andrew Davey, Kane Evans, Oregon Kafusi, and extended bench, Hayes Dunstar, Brad Takarangi, George Jennings, and Dan Alvaro. Brad Arthur, the coach. In the referee is Ben Cummins. Uh, we've got Ziggy back. Where, Ziggy. where is she in? And Belinda Sharp with Steve Chitty as the senior review official. Uh, so where, where can we have a bit of joy against the Tigers? Everywhere. I think all across the park. <laughs> when you, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be facetious. Like, yeah, I'm just. I just think like you look at the one to seventeen, except for maybe Hooker. We've got them. With, with yeah, I think the big the big question for us will be putting a bottle on Grant early on because he's going to bring the energy through the middle. So our yeah. ruck defense has to be on point, and then you absorb that, and then you convert the pressure back onto them, and and sort of look to go through your patterns, through your movements, through your backline stuff. As long as we do what we did for sixty minutes against the Broncos, and at a higher for longer and at a higher rate. So like I, I said before, you know, it's just numbers I'm throwing at you. Say we did it at 60%. Even if we just, for this game, like increase that another 10, 15% of what we know we can play like. And, you know, we'll beat them because they're just, they're, they're not, their team's just nothing. I mean, they, they literally trotted out Elijah Taylor to give him a farewell game. Uh, when, yeah. when was the last time he played an NRL game? And they've got Chris Lawrence at Intel. They, they, they've gone old school. They gave Lawrence his center spot and they gave Benji the 5-8 spot with the captaincy. Lawrence has been playing a fair bit of centre to round out the oh, year. Yeah. I think he played centre against us last time. Was it, it was, it was the short kicking game. Because of, because of uh, 
bad defence, and now they've got him at centre. Yeah, he was playing on the wing earlier in the year. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if he's actually a centre or he's at half. I can't, I can't quite recall. I can't remember what, where he played coming through the grades, but yeah. Hmm. Um, Luke Brooks back in the team too um, with Josh Reynolds out. So lots of – it's literally old school Tigers for the farewell tour here. So pretty interesting. Um, this yeah. be Luke Brooks's, uh record? This is the record-breaking game, I think, to for a player not making the finals. Yeah. Yeah. What a what – a, what a, Lucky it's coming off one of our players. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to feel bad for the bloke because you know he's being stuck in a pretty ordinary situation, and the media's I always. Don't, I don't think a bad. Player no, the media's always bad. talked him up like as a he's a superstar, and he sort of looked like he was going to fulfil that promise early on, and then he got tigered, and he stayed tigered. Um, well, for me, it's sure kicking game around the ruck uh, that, that from Moser uh, has to be one point, uh, especially with uh, their outside backs like Chris Lawrence, like he. <laughs> Um, you know, he's a warrior, but he just doesn't have that speed anymore these days. And also Dewey or Dwahi, uh, he's got the turning circle of Queen Mary II. So um, that short kicking game or kicking in behind them is where we really need to win it. And then, of course, the middle of the field. If we've got them coming out of their end, um, I have all the confidence in the world that our forward pack should be able to run over theirs. Uh, what we really need to account for is that first 15-minute period where the Tigers come out of the gates hot um, and... Last time we played them, uh, we certainly didn't account as well as we should have in that first 15, 20-minute period, letting in you know, two or three tries in that period. So uh, that's where we really need to be a lot better because I thought for the rest of the game, we handled them pre- fairly comfortably. I was just having a look. Um, they're starting prop. Zane Musgrove, the most minutes he's played all year, he's 33 against Newcastle, mainly coming off. They only started twice. So... Bastion Bard right up the middle. Like, if they've got him and Thomas McKayley, who also, you know, barely gets any minutes, and they're starting props, maybe maybe it's maybe it's another switch, another switch on their hands. Oh, I suppose it doesn't really matter because then you look at the Tigers' bench, you know. Yeah, they don't really have a big bopper to come in and, and, and take over, do they? No, they've got, I mean, Eisenhuth's a solid workhorse, and Bloor had his one big game against uh, Brownie because of Brownie fired him up. Um, but other than that, yeah, Michael Cheekham and Elijah Taylor, there's not, not really much there. I would like to see um, Kafusi given a, a nice little tip of the hat sort of thing, like, mate, you, you did well in your last game. See how you go starting. because, And then, you know, maybe rest Reg and have Oregon have two stints and Reg only do one 30-minute block might be another uh, option for us. Yeah, another another player we need to target is Harry Grant uh, to, to blunten him in attack, uh, make him make, you know, 50 tackles this game. It'll be interesting to see. So the last time we played them, Mitch Moses caught uh, Dewey out with that kick, uh, the chip. So it'll be interesting to see if Dewey is alert to it, or you know, or he's still, you know, because um, like uh, as you said, he's got the turning cycle of the the Queen Mary. So I honestly think we should be kicking towards uh, Lawrence. I think uh, Jenko's up against him, so maybe you know get his footwork around that. But you know, like surely uh, we we just run away with this, you know, and. Like, I honestly, besides Grant, and even Grant, like, Grant came up against us and he just watched Regan Campbell-Geller run 40 yards. Like, it's not... I, I am up for another here. another Reg half-length of the field try if we're going to be talking honest here. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think this... We should really be treating this as a get-healthy game for our attack again. Uh, we took some steps last week, but we need to take some further steps this week. And um, if we're serious, 
it's top four on the line um, and Raiders have rested half their team. So uh, if we're serious, this is a game that we need to win. We need to win it well uh, to set ourselves up well for week one because we'll either be travelling to Penrith Stadium and we know what the atmosphere is going to be like there because we experienced it two weeks ago or we'll be playing Melbourne Storm even though it's up at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, You know, that's been a graveyard for us in the finals. So... uh, we really need to get a bit of mojo back and, and win this game well. That's right. Now, speaking of the Raiders and the Sharks, it actually brings up an interesting final scenario where if they lose, the Raiders have been them losing, means that much like us in 09, um, they would play the Sharks in consecutive weeks. They'd be 5v8 in week one of the finals. So that <laughs> bit of mind games going on in that round as well. So you tell me back the Sharks week one. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the opposite though, whereas, whereas we sort of completely threw the game against the higher placed team in our round uh, round 26 of the regulation season, here the um, Raiders doing the opposite. They're the highest-seeded team that's throwing the game to get a bye. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, looking at that team, they've got <laughs> half, half of that their team hasn't played. This. They they literally, like, they trundled out every sort of, like, Reggie top 30 guy they've got into their 1-17. to 17. They didn't have enough to actually fill out the 21, so they had to put stars into the shadow bench. <laughs> that's how Yeah, team. look at that. They've got Havili starting at lock. Uh, Frawley at 5'8". <laughs> um, uh, Sam Williams they're, they're, starting half and captain. Who is Adam Cook playing at fullback? <laughs> it doesn't even have a, a page. <laughs> James, <laughs> James, is, James is great, 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 great grandson, apparently. Yeah. Matthew Tomoko, Harley Smith-Shields. S- Smith-Shields is a highly rated junior of theirs who I do know of, but like a lot of the other ones, I'm like, who is this guy? Who is Tomoko? Then again, the Sharks' half depth is so yeah, poor that they have to start Wade Graham at 5'8". Wade, Wade Graham, incoming man, man of the match performance. Just take it to the bank. He's going to be the X Factor in the halves. Oh, you want to – just being about X Factor and halves and Birdie talking about before how chip kick. Maybe we'll see one from Maddo. Ooh. Ooh that, that, that sounds like a prediction fodder I call right there. I, th- I think it might be. I should well, let's that. go predictions then, Birdie, your, your prediction. Um, I'm going para 26, Tigers 6. You know, I'd love a 50-0 drubbing or, you know, a massive no. drubbing. Oh, <laughs> no, the nil curse. Okay, I'd love a 50. Okay, I'd love it like 10 tries to one drubbing. But, hey, if they can just don't show any hesitation in attack and win the game, I'd be happy. I just don't want to see um, them hesitate what to do. I just want fluid backline moves and showing that, you know, hang on, we've got a groove back, our mojo back, so... And for first try scorer, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Guffo. I think he's just going to he's going to chase for a kick. And I think Jay Field is that his name? Jay. I keep I keep getting them mixed up. Yeah, it's Jay. I think it Jay will uh, you know go to the line fake and um, yeah kicking it in behind for Guffo. But uh, yeah, just want a clean fluid performance from the lads. Forty. Uh, yeah, I'm with Birdie on the first try scorer. I'm going to go with Quinty G for um, the opening meat pie. As far as the overall score. I mean, I want to see a good win. I'm not going to predict the shutout for the same reasons that Ham was yelling at Birdie for. Um, no, nil. To, to be fair, nil. to be fair, those sort of records are made to be broken, and it's like another hump for us to get over at some point. But I will go 26-8 for the score. Yeah. And you know how I said uh, Ryan Madison chip kick? Will he chase it? No, he won't because uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard's going to score the first <laughs> try. Uh, <laughs> score will boy 34 to... Who's, who's the Tigers goal kicker? Dewey, isn't it? 34-4. No, 34-8. Right, and I've got Wonga Blake down for first try scorer and 28-6 Eels victory. Um, so we're all picking a win and a comfortable win at that. Um, so hopefully the boys can deliver for the final round of the regulation season. 
um, being a 20 round season, not like that uh, that article a couple of weeks ago. Was, was, was the raw or the other one? <laughs> the raw. It was a raw. No, zero tackle, zero tackle. That's what oh, it was. Zero tackle, sorry, yeah. We've still got six more rounds after this one to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, having a look across the rest of the draw, I, I, I think the ladder's going to stay pretty close to what it is. Yeah. You could jump into third. How is who of the storm resting? Sorry, I, I was just looking the down the list, and dragons are favourites. The only, the only player is the only player that's of note that is playing is uh, a Papenhuisen is coming back from a couple of weeks out, so they're resting. But everyone. they're guaranteed second, aren't they? Yeah, they they can't go first. They can and they can't drop second, so they're locked in there at number two. The two cameras, Kafusi, Hughes, Big Bromwich, Tino, Carr. Nelson, Osofa, Solomona, yeah. uh, both the Bromwich boys. Uh, it, yeah, it's like the pretty much all is their that, starting talent. Tino, is that, is that, is that, yeah, the whole starting team, isn't it? Close to. Oh, yeah. What about Roosters South? Are they resting anybody? No, no rest. No, no one rest. Oh, the yeah, only three teams out. that have rested anyone are uh, Penrith to a small extent of those three, Kikau, Crichton, and uh, Edwards. And then the Raiders and Storm have literally taken buys. But you've got to watch out because if you're the other team and you don't uh, come out ready to play, uh, you, know, you can get run over by those hungry blokes that haven't had yeah, much they're looking to impress, exactly. Because some of these guys are playing for contracts you know, and it's their only action of the year. But I mean, yeah. Storm still have, you know, Christian Welch, Brendan Smith, um, Ryan Pappenhuysen. You know, they've still got... So an international, a origin player, <laughs> and uh, potentially a future origin player in Pappenhausen. And they've also got Aaron Penne, who used to... He was under-20s uh, Mr. Fix-It back in the day. Yeah. Um, so, But to kick off the round on Thursday night, we might have the spoon decided as of fr- a Thursday night. Come on. Um, so the one time you do want a Thursday night Broncos game. <laughs> <laughs> so go to the Cowboys. Do it, do it for the NRL, boys. Into the final round of having probably the worst game of the weekend going on first. It's fantastic stuff. I, I will be legitimately tilted if the Cowboys don't get the job done on Thursday. They're like, they have so much, like that is as much as you can I'll have to play they for. That's so bad though. But that, that, <laughs> given that they can't play for the finals, that is like the single biggest piece of motivation you could have to play for in handing the Broncos their maiden wooden spoon. They better be up for this fucking game. I swear. They better be. <laughs> and then if they do lose, Penrith better do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Penrith. Shit about your winning streak. You lose. You lose. All right. Well, that'll wrap up that chat. Uh, <laughs> other other uh, sports, uh, Ham, you must be so impressed with Green Bay start. Uh, it's unbelievable start, you know. Like, I'm actually speechless. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm without speech. Um, you know, a, a, another win against a, another uh, conference rival in the Lions. Um, yes, he's, he's hitting all the right notes here. Got a big game coming up this week, though, don't we? 100%. Uh, <laughs> Against that New Orleans team that, that lost to Las Vegas today in their first game at their new stadium. God, it feels weird saying uh, Las Vegas. The Raiders Vegas. at the uh, Death Star. Uh, uh, he's doing all right here. Yeah, he's he doing all right. Going, yeah. he, he could almost sell it to someone that wasn't like you know fully involved in the NFL. I can respect that. Oh, mate, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you, I'll, I'll be on ESPN next week. You See you fellas later. And, uh, and for you, Bertie, uh, we'll start off with you, oh. your Cowboys, the most uh, unlikely win. The, uh, to put this yeah. in perspective for people who don't understand, the, the Atlanta Falcons played the Cowboys, that's Bertie's team, and the Cowboys were down 20 nil at one point and down 30, 39 to like 20-something, like 24, with, yeah. 24 for like a handful of minutes to go. And in, in the context of that game with the Cowboys giving four turnovers, the Falcons not turning the ball over and scoring that many points – in the preceding 440 games that have gone in those exact circumstances, a team has never lost. The Atlanta Falcons were the first team to ever do that. <laughs> so, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. And this is the same team that blew that blew 28-3 in the Super Bowl. So they know about pain. 
they're so stupid because the rule is you can dive. Yeah, the on the onside kick they could have dived on at any point. You're right. Yep. Yeah, and it's just oh, I I was literally in the middle of a uh, a text message to my mate saying fuck this team, fuck McCarthy, <laughs> I want Garrett back, and I hit backspace or on the keyboard. So oh, quick. did not hit send. Good man. Oh, and it's just um. I went from the worst week of sporting last week to the greatest, you know. Like for my Spurs, we brought back the prodigal son, Gareth Bale. Oh, I when he left us seven years ago, I had a bit of I had a tear in my eye. I was a bit upset because he was one of our own and he was the best player in the league and to let him go. But I'm just so glad he's back and um it's just it's just crazy. He's he's back at Spurs all these years, his wage he's he's on six hundred K a year a week, sorry. And the highest player we've got is like two hundred two hundred K you know, pounds. So, like, it was never a possible. And just because, you know, if it's, if there's ever a time to thank COVID, it's, as, as a Spurs fan, it's right now. <laughs> but um, other than that, oh, it's, yeah, the Cowboys, what else? Nothing happened in NBA. Welcome to the Mike McCarthy experience, Bertie. <laughs> oh, can I just say, like, it, it's a bittersweet moment because we actually, we won. But the Falcons bailed out McCarthy's uh, stupid game calls, like, just to go, you know, a, a fake punt. And have the um, the punter throw like twenty yards. Of- <laughs> yeah, that was. So- I just it was, and then they have what four fumbles. It was just you're happy for the win, but man, you the process to get there was not play, oh, not good. Exactly, it was it was ugly. It's just like when we beat the the sharks, and it's just crazy. But <laughs> other than that, um, anything else happened? Anything major happened? Uh, Lakers are up two zero against the Nuggets. Uh, Miami Heat. Miami Heat are up against uh, Celtics two one. Celtics two one. Yep. So the that's how it's going. Yeah, Miami on the back of um Big Daddy Jimmy Butler have been storming through the playoffs. So yeah, uh, other than that, um, uh, baseball still uh still going. Yeah, last last regulation week of baseball before we hit the playoffs. So there's a lot to play for at the moment. The uh, AL is pretty exciting. There's a lot of teams scrambling for the. Uh, they expanded the playoffs of an extra wild card slot. Same as the NFL actually expanded playoffs this year and both both codes. So um, a lot of teams scrambling, including my Mariners who. Probably won't make it, but given they'll tip for to be a genuine contender for the number one overall pick, the fact that they're playing meaningful baseball at the last week of the season is pretty cool. And they just um pummeled the Astros today, six one, which is always good. Fuck the Astros, big cheats. You and can talk about your uh your yeah, big boy Will. the chef, Fantastic. the chef, the Seahawks letting Russ cook, which was a grassroots Twitter movement over the last year that um started with the hashtag Let Russ Cook and. The Seahawks have embraced it, and they're from airing out the ball more than they ever have. And Russ is killing it. Nine TDs, one interception, and the interception was uh, just a really bad drop from Greg Olson that bounced into the hands of uh, McCordy, I think it was. One of them. At one point um, in the game on the weekend, he had as many incompletions as touchdown throws. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's absolutely killing it. Um, wide receiver this week, by the way, forty. Yeah, so we're not friends anymore. Um, <laughs> our game's always tough as well. We I, it's never a blowout between either team. It's always close. So. Yeah, because usually, um, when we play using um, Seattle, the crowd, you know. Yeah, well, that, that's going to be a, yeah, a huge non-factor now is the no crowd, which means that your offense will be able to have their snap counts pretty safe. I will mm. say, um, it is safe to say, um, Cam uh, Cam Noon will get comeback play. Of the year, he, I mean, he he was awesome. He was really good. And you couldn't stop him all game. And then, the last and play. then Bobby Bobby Wagner caught out the like the exact play they'd run, and the entire like D one just crashed down and, and killed him. He got he got like flipped around. It was awesome. Um, and then, um, actually, speaking of NFL again, uh, this next so Monday night, Tuesday for us, it's going to be the biggest game for the past two, three years besides the Super Bowl. We've got Ravens v. Uh, the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, the AFC uh, sort of – I mean, we say that would be the AFC championship game, but last year the Ravens got embarrassed by the Titans. So I think um, Adam Schefter just tweeted out it's the first time you have um, two regular season MVPs under the age of 25 um, starting QBs against each other. So 
I am looking forward to it. Like I'll have one eye on that and one eye at work, but it's 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 the perfect game for Monday night football. It is a. I mean, the 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 uh, primetime games been really good. Obviously, the Seahawks Patriots game was awesome. I mean, today's game was kind of it was interesting, but Drew Brees was shit. Um, like even next week, you can even have the Green Bay Packers and the Saints as Monday night football. But like, it's it's a very um, big week. To, and you know, after after even the Browns. Interview, Browns was interesting. Yeah. yeah, that was given that it was the Bengals versus the Browns, which you'd think would be two of the worst teams to put. They actually put a, a pretty entertaining game together. Yeah. Um, but oh, the other thing is that it was like Black Sunday for injuries. It was the apocalypse. Seattle lost two players, Bruce Irvin and um, Marquis Blair to ACLs. Uh, the 49ers, our divisional rivals, got smashed on the D line. They lost uh, Joey Bozer and Solomon Thomas to ACLs. Uh, just across the entire league, there was a whole raft of knee injuries or serious injuries otherwise. Literally. Yeah, I wonder if it is the uh, the broken up preseason. So yeah, that and apparently the, the the Forty Nine ers complain about the MetLife turf out in New York, but I think the and many of the players wanted it this way. They didn't want a preseason, and that's the danger that comes with it. You're not fully conditioned. So that's for, as stupid as the Roosters complaining about Bankwest turf. Yeah, well, they didn't actually complain, did they? The their trainer lodged like unofficially complained to the staff, but they never lodged an official complaint. No. Yeah. But yeah, that's All it. All right. Well. I think we'll wrap that up there. Go to the Eels this weekend. Uh, you know, let's send out Chris Lawrence and uh, Benji Marshall. In a way, they probably shouldn't yeah. be sent. Well, but given no, the him, team they chose to play exactly. for. Exactly, keep, they, keep they, true to their careers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll go to the Eels, and uh, we'll catch you on the next Parrot Podcast. Go uh, the Eels. Thank you.